By waiting and by calm, you shall be saved. In silence and in trust shall be your strength. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing terrific, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good, and God is good. And the topic for conversation is the value of silence. Right. Now, I know it bears repeating, as they say, but we always seem to have to remind ourselves how powerful and important silence is. So how do you want to start us off on this topic, Frank? Well, we we rarely find a spiritual person that speaks too much. On the other hand, you know, immense evil flows from speaking too much. Um, devotion is preserved in silence, and it's lost when we speak too much. In Proverbs, it says, in a multitude of words, they, they shall not want in sin. Yeah, the Bible has a lot to say about silence. I mean, in, in Ecclesiastes, it says, there's an appointed time for everything, a time to be silent and a time to speak. So, But we're talking to, about two things, right? One is interior silence for prayer, and then silence to avoid sin. How do we incorporate these into our daily lives? Yeah, it's important that we that we make that distinction. Um, first, let me just talk about interior silence. Right. Okay. Father, Father Lazarus, an Egyptian monk, says, if your mind is busy, you can't have interior silence. You can be all alone, but you will be as busy as if you were in the middle of New York City if your mind is racing. And I think he says... To combat that, we much we much say the Jesus prayer, and that prayer is simply, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me, forgive me, help me, or Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and repeat it as many times as those thoughts, desires, and, and, and plans are racing, and they will diminish. It does work. You know, the object of this silence is to still the voices which are continually speaking inside you i know a lot of times in my life like i could be i could be sitting all by myself but my mind's racing like i'm i feel like i'm really busy you know life is a struggle against these temptations we have to fight them no but doubt. by showing this by doing this we show jesus we're doing something for him and we are on our way to him yeah you're right quieting the mind i mean that makes great sense I and mean, when we were being trained in the seminary to become deacons, we were trained in pastoral care, and we did a lot of role-playing. And one of the central themes that came out of that course was the answer to the question, what do you say when you enter the room of a dying person? And when you reflect on that seriously, there the answer is you say nothing. You say no words. You offer your humanity, your presence, yourself, and then respond to whatever that dying person can offer. Silence is the entry point into wisdom and grace. Yeah, it is. I mean, and you know it too, because you've done many, many wake services as a deacon. I mean, how many times do people say the wrong things at a wake just for the sake of saying something, right? People feel like they have to say something. Right. And oftentimes it's best just to be to show up and 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 just and be there for them. I mean right. Our tendency is, and even when we get into like a disagreement or an argument, uh, is to get the last word in. We have right. to say something at a wake. We have to say something in an argument. And when we get angry, 
we might say something hurtful and something we might regret later. So most often, the best course of action is to simply give someone a chance to say what they need to say and to let them know that you've listened and have heard them. Yeah, one who speaks too much is a joy to the devil. When silence is observed, discipline is maintained. And I don't know where that comes from, but it's a very true statement, right? No doubt. You know, and now it's the Advent season, right? Uh, Or what used to be called the Christmas season, the crazy Christmas season. You think about the birth of Jesus. When Joseph arrives in Bethlehem, what does he find? His wife is pregnant. They've been traveling for a long time. It's near her time now. And the town is bustling and bursting at the seams. There was no room at the inn. It was filled. So they go off to a quiet stable in which Jesus can be born. And we honor that moment in time as a holy night. When God is born into our lives, it's a silent night. It, it's hard to prayerfully contemplate the birth of Jesus when, when the music is playing, the TV is on, and you're immersed on, in your phone. No, it's, it's very true. Um, St. Teresa of Avila appeared after death to one of her spiritual children, and she said, the religious that wishes to be great, a great friend of God must be an enemy of the great in G-R-A-T-E. The great was the cloister's access to outside. It was like the window when people came. And this particular, this particular mm-hmm. nun was kind of always, she was kind of always interested in the hustle bustle and what was going outside uh, of the, what was going on outside the cloister. And when you think about it, that happens in our lives. Like what, what distractions, what things are we into Right, that are really distracting and keeping us from focusing on on Jesus. It's so true. You mentioned the saints. I mean, how many saints have written about when, about being in devotion or in adoration uh, and hearing God's words or hearing Jesus speak to them in the silence of their hearts in front of the Blessed Sacrament? And you know, in thinking about becoming intentional about spreading the word of God, you read in Luke. In those days, he departed to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. So Jesus himself made time for silent prayer to God. And of course, that line that's attributed to St. Francis is, we are all called to spread the gospel every day, even if we have to use words. And so that speaks to the wisdom and the power of silent witnessing and sharing our love for God. Yeah, and when you talk about being silent and not committing sin, be silent when you feel your words will hurt someone. Right. You know, a tongue has no bones, but it's strong enough to break a heart. And we talk for a long time without reason. We find some fault against modesty, detraction, or gossip. Let's put it this way. A greater mm-hmm. number of us commit more sins from speaking than from listening. It's crazy, but we should, we should finish this as we began, uh, in silence and in trust. Our strength lies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple of things that just give some thought, you know, before before one speaks. You know, one of them is whether you intend to say what whether what you intend to say can hurt charity or modesty. Is it the right time? And am I the right person to sell to tell somebody something? You know, when you speak, when you're angry, you'll make the, the, the best speech you'll ever regret. And the last one, one must not speak an unpleasant truth unnecessarily. And I think that's very true. It's good advice, Frank. Silence is golden. That's the old line. 
uh, folks, don't forget to like us and and, and uh, send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. I'm going to be quiet from here on out, Frank. I love you a lot. I'll talk to you later. Take care, Deacon. Thanks. God bless.